turn to somebody and say the detour don't last the whole trip. A song said there's an empty grave. How many knows that the cross and the grave was not Jesus' destination, but it was just a detour to the grand plan? That's all it was, the detour. The detour doesn't last forever. We were talking about patience this month, and God just gave me that word, detours. We all go through detours throughout life, and it may be a while before we really get in into more about the detours, but just keep that term in mind. The detour don't last forever. How many would say they're a patient person this morning? Well, not a whole lot of hands going up on that one. <laughs> I consider myself, for the most part, a patient person, for the, for the most part. But it's usually what gets me is the little things. Song of Solomon 2.15 says it's the little foxes that get the vines, that spoil the grapes. Those little foxes, that's what gives me, you don't see them coming a lot of times. They just creep in a little bit at a time, and slowly they just rob you. The common definition of patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. How many's got that one down packed? <laughs> Do what now? <clears throat> Says the the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting upset or angry. Patience has the same root word as patient, that means suffering. That's why you consider it a patient when you're in the hospital. You're, you're there for a reason. You're suffering of something, how minor or major it may be. So if we're impatient, a lot of times we lose it because we think we're suffering because we got to wait in a line. We got to wait in traffic. We got to take an alternate route or a detour that gets us off our, our plan for the day. You gotta wait in a checkout line. McDonald's ice cream machine. That is one I Ginger, myself, and Madeline, we love in the evening sometimes. Our favorite thing is there's some back roads around our house. We go down these back roads, we go one way, and there's some donkeys, we stop and see them. Sometimes we'll feed them carrots and apples. But all we, almost every almost every time we go on this trip, we go to McDonald's there on South End. We go, we take a gravel road over to 142. We go to McDonald's South End, we're just expecting and we're looking forward to that little dollar vanilla ice cream cone. And the last three or four times we've been there, our ice cream machine is broken. Are you kidding me? That's the only way we come this way was to get this dollar ice cream. So now we got to drive a whole other mile to get to Sonic. And then we pay three times as much because you don't, when you go to Sonic, you don't just get a normal ice cream. You want a blizzard or a something fancy, and so it ended up costing us a lot more money. But we look forward to that little ice cream cone. So that sometimes it just, it's those little things that kind of get me impatient and get me ruffle my edges a little bit. I'll just, come on, 
you're McDonald's. How can you, you are the most profitable restaurant in this town. How can you be, how can your ice cream always be broke down? Here's one everybody loves, the license bureau. Our town is notorious for the wait in the license bureau. That's why I love, I, if I was to go back to a regular job now, I would make it a point, I would take time off just to go to the license bureau. Because there's, you can go at 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning and you can be in and out of there like nothing. But if you try to go on your lunch break, if you, you don't have a normal 8 to 5 job or right after work, you might as well forget it. Your day is shot waiting on the license bureau. Patience also means long-suffering. As pastor always tells us, it means suffer long. And that's true. It does. It means, it means suffer long. But there's another meaning there, too, that that Greek word for suffering also means temper. So long-suffering can be long-temper or long-tempered. A long-suffering person does not immediately retaliate or punish, but rather has a long fuse. So when you think about impatience or being patient or long-suffering, think about a long fuse. How many's ever little black cat firecrackers, how many's ever lit one of those things and tried to throw it and it blew up whatever got out of your hands? Anybody ever done that? Several of them. How many are a little shy about doing that now because of that? Right. You never know. It, it, it can be the same pack of firecracks. One will take forever to burn, and the very next one, like you said, it blows up. But a firecracker, anything with a short fuse, somebody is going to get hurt. Whether it's yourself feeling the pain or somebody around you. So when we're short-fused and we blow up, we're either going to hurt ourselves in the long run or we're going to hurt somebody around us by our words or our actions. But when there's an explosion like that, somebody suffers. Same way with that firecracker. So we're hesitant now when, when we get somebody, when you don't know from one time to the next if their fuse is going to be this long or it's going to be this long, you're hesitant to spend a lot of time around those people. You're careful of what you say around those people. Just like you're careful when you grab that firecracker now. Kids, that's why you always lay it down. Use adult supervision to light the firecrackers or bottle rockets, whatever it is, and then get away. So many of us, we don't know ourselves, I don't think, when we wake up in the morning, if, if we're not careful, if we don't do what we know to do in the morning, we don't know if we're going to have a short fuse for the day or if we're, we're going to be long fuse for the day, if we're going to be long-tempered. And that's our, our goal should be to be long-tempered, to be long-fused. And I know that seems so unattainable sometimes, so hard to fathom, but, you know, we've all throughout this study of the fruits, we've just seen how they've intertwined and one's built off of the other, and this one is no exception. First Corinthians says that love is patient. There's so many fruits and other attributes that I think that will help us gain that goal of being patient and long fused if you don't just focus on the one term itself. But if we, if, as we go out today, we're going to see all the things that play in to patience into our lives. And if we'll, if we'll dwell on that, I think we can attain it, at least get better and improve at it. But patience and self-control, I believe those go hand in hand. Um, so I'm not sure why they're so far apart in the listing in Galatians. I mean, we're on number four, and self-control is number nine. It's the last one. But I think self-control and patience have a lot to do with each other. 
Well, on that same token, I think they are listed in that order for a purpose. Because the more that I've, you know, whenever I slowed down and looked at the details and cleaned the clutter and, and tilled the ground and focused on the love of my relationships, I've seen that get better. And joy. You know, we took time to really focus on joy and just clearing the thorns, clearing the briars out of the way so the fruit of joy can be brought forth in our lives. In the same way with patience, when we learn to trust and rely on God that even in the midst of the chaos that he is still in control, we are still in his hands. As we time and work on each one of those, I feel like patience is within grasp now. Now that I've cultivated joy in my life a little more and peace in my life, I feel like I can improve in my impatience. All because I've been working on those things, we keep cultivating, and I just think that's the way God had it planned out. That's the way the words got them listed the way they are. If you'll work on these, it just gets better. They build on each other. Try to have patience in your life if you don't have joy. It's not going to work. Impatience is the opposite. It's the opposition to peace. You're not going to have peace in your life if you're short-fused all day every day and blowing up constantly. You're not going to have peace in your life. So these things go hand in hand together. So as we work on these and we just really dwell on these fruits and we dig into them, I'm, ex I'm actually excited about patience. <laughs> and Pastor, I don't know if it's been a good thing or not, if he's just been messing with me, but he says, I've been praying all week that you better practice patience. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Pastor. I don't know if... <laughs> To, to practice it, it takes some issues for you to practice it, right? So I don't know if it's a good thing or not that he's been praying that for me all week. But I receive it. Good or bad, I guess I'll, I receive it. I thank God for it. And I believe that I'm going to be a more patient person. Patience is also linked with hope. We wait on the Lord. We wait expectantly. There's a sense of expectation when we're waiting and we know that no matter where we're at, there's this great expectation that he's coming back. He's coming back. And that's one of the, my, the greatest things about our Christian walk, guys, is it don't matter if you're in the lowest peak of the valley or if you're on the highest point of the mountain. Don't matter where you're at, we've got something that we can always that's even better and greater that we can look forward to. And that, that he's coming back for us. You can be at the worst of your worst or the best of the best. It still gets better. We done that little exercise last time about just thinking about the greatest thing in our lives. And as we talked about, heart has not heard, ears not heard, eye has not seen what God has planned for those who love him. That. I don't know any other religion like that. That you can live, you can have the best of the best now, and you've got even greater to come. There's something about that name. Jesus. He's the opportunity. He is the way. He is the whole reason for that. Yeah. 
St. August, I believe wisdom is going to be a great tool for patience. I think I pray for wisdom more than anything else. I've never, I mean, I've, I've been a, a manager, you know, in, in manager positions before, but I've never seen anything where you get so many problems that come at you. Not complaining, but just you're just praying, God, give me the wisdom and give me a good answer, something to help. So I pray for wisdom more than anything that I can think of that I pray for. St. Augustine says that patience is the companion of wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 says wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. I think wisdom helps us, we're able to, to slow down and not jump to conclusions and not be impatient about things. But when we got wisdom, there's that bit of knowledge in there, there's that bit of understanding in there that allows you to alleviate some impatient situations or to handle them a little bit better. I think wisdom was speaking through Thomas Jefferson when he said, nothing gives one person so much advantage over another as to remain always cool and unruffled under all circumstances. Nothing gives one person so much advantage over another as to remain always cool and unruffled under all circumstances. When I heard about that, I've shared with you guys before, one of Ginger and I's favorite movies, we've got a few of them, John Wayne's, we love, a lot of times we watch going to bed. But El Dorado, I've got a clip here, Brody, if you'll start that. And I just, I really like the way he says this. It goes right in hand in hand with that quote. Give him a breather. Slow him down. I was wondering, just how good is this McLeod? I don't know firsthand, but they say he's one of the best. I figure we'd be pretty mad, you... You turning him down and showing up on the other side. <laughs> I hope he is. How come? Fella in his business hasn't got a right to get mad. He gets mad, he's not so good. So the matter he gets, the better I like it. <laughs> sure wish I was there to see that. The matter he gets, the better I like it. Because he's going to be out of his element when he gets mad. And I'm not saying we should constantly in a challenge with everybody and definitely shouldn't be gunslingers but there's there's a lot of truth to that to whenever you can keep your cool under pressure it gives you an advantage in a lot of situations this one i don't agree with this one i just want to throw it out there for everybody it says patience is a virtue have it if you can seldom found in a woman never in a man I don't know where in the world they come up with that. I've heard women themselves give this analogy between the way a man thinks and the way a woman thinks, that men have a waffle thinking mentality and women have a spaghetti thinking mentality. Waffles have compartments, and us men, we can put everything in a compartment. Whatever's coming at us, all right, I got that, I can put it in that hole. Whatever else coming at us, but women, everything touches everything. There's just total chaos. Every thought is linked to another thought. So how in the world can they have a little more patience when their thought process is like that? <laughs> I 
My wife's not in here, is she? You guys don't tell her I said that one. It's hard to think. You know, we try to focus on all the good. We know the promises in this Bible are good. They're yes and they're amen. It's hard to think why is there so much stuff that we got to go through. You know, but we're, we should be prepared for it. The Bible tells us it's not going to be an easy walk. That you've got a great expectation to look forward to. That's the best of the best, but it's not going to be an easy road to get there. 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 12 tells us, so, but you have carefully, this is Paul talking, you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I have endured. And out of them all the Lord delivered me, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We will suffer. I, I wish it had flipped those last two sentences, though, because I think a lot of times we get hung up on, yes, we're going to go through persecution, but that next last sentence, Paul said, I endured them, I went through them, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. The, destined, the, the detour does not last the whole trip. Whatever you're going through, if your focus is on God, he will deliver you. He will pull you out. He may even take you to it, but he's not going to leave you there. He doesn't take us there to leave us hanging. He takes us there so we can learn and so we can excel and so we can climb up, but he's not going to leave us there. So don't focus on the persecution itself. Trust the detour. There's a reason and there's a purpose for the detours in our lives. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Everybody say, due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Take a look around you for just a second, all across this room. And there may not every single thing you went through in your life, but some other Christian somewhere has gone through the same trials and the same detours that you've been on. It says, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Here it is. After, everybody say after, you have suffered a while. Perfect, but it says Jesus Christ, sorry, the God of all grace, he will perfect, he will establish, he will strengthen, and he will settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. There's going to be persecution, but every one of these so far, it tells you when you hang on, when you endure, God's got something for you. After you have suffered, he will perfect you. Think about that for a second. The trial, the detour, 
the valley, whatever it is that you're going through, it's there to perfect you. God will use it to establish you. He will use it to strengthen you. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Everybody say, for a moment. It is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Though you may be suffering, though you're on the detour, it's short-lived. The outcome is eternal. Don't get stuck on the short things. Don't get stuck on the detour. Think about what's coming when we wait on the Lord. The detour is short, but God's planned destination is forever. And the promise is eternal. A.W. Tozer said, what then are we to do about our problems? We must learn to live with them until such time as God delivers us from them. We must pray for grace to endure them without murmuring or complaining. Problems, these next two sentences, pay attention to these. Problems patiently endured will work for our spiritual perfecting. They harm us only when we resist them or we endure them unwillingly. The trials are not going to hurt you. There's a pastor, I don't, you might be able to tell us this, but I've always heard, you know, in terms of boxing, they say roll with the punch. You know, if you're just standing flat-footed and you're up there, a solid hits a whole lot more. But if you're willing to trust what God's got for you and you roll with the detour, it's not as hard. And that's where he will perfect us. Patience takes a lot of waiting. It, it is waiting. I know it's, it's kind of like me waiting for me to get this plane off the ground, it seems like. I, I love to get up here and get excited and get going. But I just feel God just saying, slow down. Take time. Lay the groundwork. Lay a solid foundation. Don't build this on sandy ground. Patience takes time. Endurance takes time. I don't like lines. I don't like waiting. I remember I'm so glad that the, the kids are here with me now. I remember whenever Brody was at Eugene Field and I think Matt was at daycare. It wasn't too bad then. But I still remember one time, this was, I was, I was working at Home Depot got off at, went in at either 4 or 5 in the morning, depending on the season, and got off at 1 or 2 in the afternoon. But if I got off at 2, I had just enough time. There's like an hour there. I had really nothing else to do, so I'd go ahead and drive to the school and get in line. And you would believe, wouldn't believe how many cars are already in the pickup line an hour early. But I remember one time, and it had to be after school, just first started because it was hot. I had the air conditioning going on full blast and I'm waiting in the line and the next thing I know there's somebody tapping on my window and it's big Mr. Bush from Eugene Field. He's their security guy and as soon as he sees what sees my reaction 
I had fell asleep in the middle, and I'm way back in the pickup line, and all, everybody just went right on around me. And he laughed at me for weeks. But he just loved my reaction. When I woke up, and there he is at my window, and I looked up, and there's, I'm in the middle of the road, and there's nothing in front of me. He laughed for weeks. Every time I come through that line, he couldn't look at me without laughing. But I was fine as long as I kept moving. But with getting up that early and working all day, and I just stopped and sat still, man, it, I'm, Harold, I'm sure you can relate because your hours, you sat still, man, I am out. And <laughs> I just can't imagine the people going around, look at that idiot. The LS are going by and broke. Thankfully, it was still elementary, and I don't think it hurt Brody's reputation none at the time then. You know, I don't think they remembered, the, remembered me as that guy and him as that kid. But even... But as they got older, it got even harder. Or got even, not harder, I guess, but the lines got longer. Madeline got into school, so then, and Brody was in the fifth and sixth grade center, so I got two lines now. So I go and I wait an hour in one line, and I go to the next, pick up that kid, go and wait another hour in the next line. Now I remember one time, I don't know how we got on it, but I was talking to Pastor Linda about that, and she had the perfect pastor's wife solution for me when I told her I spent two, two hours a day sitting in my car waiting she says well you got plenty of time to pray don't you <laughs> ouch she was spot on she nailed it instead I just chose to fall asleep but all that time I could have been and she is so right you know if you've got one of these phones in your pocket now especially a smartphone it don't matter if you're at the license bureau waiting, if you're at the school pickup line, if you've got one of these, you've got access to a Bible, you've got access to getting the word, or you've got access, there's no perfect time when you're waiting in the car by yourself to pray to God. That hit me like a ton of bricks when she said that. She was so right. We've got no excuses. You know, when we got those times to wait, that we should build, that should be our time to press in and to dig in to what God's got for us. When we wait on Him, He says, Be still. Well, I've got no choice when I wait in the line for an hour. He's got me. So I need to be pressing in. Waiting on the Lord, that a form of patience and that should be what we should be doing is waiting on the Lord. And that's used throughout the Bible. Psalms 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalms 37, 7 through 9 says, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret or be anxious for nothing. It only causes harm, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. I love all these, you see that and or that but, there's something else coming. There's a turn coming at you. 
Isaiah 30, 18, therefore the Lord will wait. Did you know the Lord waits on us? We're going to get into that more in the, the next, next message. It says that he may be gracious to you and therefore he will be exalted. That he may have mercy on you for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who what? Wait for him. Isaiah 4.31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Look at all those. They shall. They shall. They shall. Those who wait on the Lord. Lamentations 3.25 and 26 says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good that we should wait. Detour is an alternate route or a change in our path or our destination. We kept all those scriptures were saying wait. Wait doesn't necessarily mean that we stop and that we do nothing. But it means we rather we press in. We build our sense of expectancy of his promises and the hope that we have in him. It means accepting the detours that God has put in our lives and the very great possibility that he is rerouting that the rerouting in our lives may not be a flat out no, but maybe it's just a not yet. I've got a better time. Remember those scriptures said in due time. So his no doesn't always mean just a flat out no. Detours, they stink. They really stink. No, I mean literally. I remember it's about almost nine years ago now. Some of you have heard this story. Um, Ginger and I, on our 10th anniversary, we went down to Savannah, Georgia. And we were going to stop in Asheville, North Carolina first, stay at a bed and breakfast. But on our way, we, took a, we stopped in, we seen a sign for Pigeon Forge. And we said, let's, we've always heard about it and how much it's like branch. So we said, let's just drive through there, not stay or anything. But we drove through there. So we got off the interstate, went into Pigeon Forge, looked around for a few minutes, decided to eat. And after we ate, we got back in. Was using a TomTom Tom GPS. So I turned that thing back on and it started taking us, telling us to go a different way than the original route. And we was very nervous about doing that. I mean, we just, just we knew for a fact the interstate that we come off of was back the other way from the way it was telling us to go. But we went ahead and we went with it and we got down to this little bitty two lane road driving 50 and 55 mile an hour and it got so curvy and luckily Ginger was flooded with Dramamine because she gets car sick real easy but she was, she was good with it but we was, why in the world did we do this we knew the interstate was back the other way but we kept going and I'm telling you guys it turned out to be the prettiest drive the prettiest road that I think I've ever been on my life we remember more about that detour I think it's definitely one of the things that stand out to us about that little trip. And I remember we're out, I mean, 
out in the middle of nowhere on this two-lane road, and you go around and curve, and man, I would smell something, and I would look at her, she'd be looking at me, it'd go away, we keep driving, you come around another curve, and there it is, Ginger, it's not me. She would blame it on me, I said, Ginger, it's not me. I promise you, it's not me. And finally, we come around, like, in the middle of nowhere, but we come around this curve, and all of a sudden, it's like we're in an industrial park in the middle of nowhere. And we look over there on the right, and there's the guest visitor center for Bush's Bean Factory. <laughs> and, I mean, it was just so crazy to be out in the middle of nowhere and come around that curve and all of a sudden see all that. But that stood out to us, and after that, you know, we kept on going, and we got to the base of the Smoky Mountains, and just seeing the streams and everything, it was like, I thank God for that detour. But I remember driving away and just looking there, I told you it wasn't me. <laughs> but you know what? There was a point that we had to look at that GPS, and, and I remember us saying, uh, one of us saying, it has got us this far. So we had to make a decision to trust in that GPS. This Bible is our GPS, God's perfect solution for our lives. This is our GPS. And there's a point in time in your life where you're going to have to look at this GPS and you're going to have to look, what God, look back at what God's done in your life and you're going to have to make a decision to say, he's got me this far. I can trust him with what he's going through, what I'm going through now. I can trust him with my final destination. It hasn't been easy. There's been ups, there's been downs, but he's got me this far. Come on, church, he's got you this far. It don't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you're in the lowest part of the valley on the highest peak. There's greater things to come, and he's going to get you there. But you got to trust the detours he's got in your life. The detours can be tough, but sometimes they can be the greatest adventure in your life. Trust the detour. When you come to a fork in the road or you come to a crossroads, turn to your GPS. Even if you make the wrong turn, if you're focused on him, he's going to get you there. Yogi Bear's quote, when you get to the fork in the road, take it. As long as your heart's with God, he's going to get you to the destination. The detour is not going to last forever. No matter how bad it is or how good it is, it's not going to last forever. He's got bigger things. He's got better things. The detour is for perfecting your spiritual life. Our detour, the detours in our life, are the rungs in God's ladder for us. They are our way up. The detours are there for a reason. Instead of learning how to deal with God saying no, we should learn to live with the fact that God just knows. He knows there's probably a better way for us. He knows there's a better solution. There's a better answer than what we're going through now. It's not no, you can't do that. It's I know there's a better way for you. Trust me. I've got you this far. I'll get you to our destination. Patience is a virtue we all need. 
So when God puts you or me on a detour that seems to be taking too long, and especially when the weight includes pain, patience, when practiced rightly, can quite possibly even speed up the path to our purpose. Let's wait on the Lord. Let's prepare for our Lord. Let's expect what the Lord's got for us. Let's expect that it's good and not evil. Let's be searching for him. Another definition of waiting is gather together, looking. We should be looking to and fro for what he's got in our life. Take the detour. Don't fight against it. That quote says the only way that the detour starts is, is when we're resisting. Take the detour. God has got a plan for our lives. The pain has a purpose. The pain has a reason. It's not going to last forever. Not next, next Sunday's Mother's Day, but the week after, we'll dive this into the more, a little bit more, and we'll look at some men in the Bible and the detours that they had in their life, and even the detours that Jesus just took in his life. Until then, work on being long-fused. Don't be so short-tempered. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. And it, we can do it. God, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So God has put it on the inside of us. It's not just there to just say it's there. It's there for us to use. It's there, there for us to obtain in our lives. Lord, I thank you for, this, for today. Lord, I love you and I honor you. I give you praise and I give you glory, Lord. Lord, I pray that if somebody is in a detour, Father, or they're at a crossroads, Lord, if they will just lean in and trust on you, trust in you, Father. Let them know that you're with them. You're not going to leave them there. That you will get them to their destination. Lord, I give you praise and I give you glory. I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. We give you praise and we give you glory. Be with us today. Lord, I pray that as we go down to the other end, we ask that you bless the meal, Lord. We thank you for all those that helped and worked prepare it, that we give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.